Greetings from Covenant Community of LJ, Georgia. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to these messages God has provided to our fellowship from His Word. May He bless you richly as you seek Him. We'd like to invite you to be with us in person someday soon. And for information on that, visit us at covenantcommunitylj.com. And now, let's open up God's Word. Come home, come home. The heart of the Father as He yearns for the prodigal son to come home. So let me just invite you right now, where you're sitting, to, to respond to that. Say, God, thank you that you love me so much. I don't even love me sometimes. And sometimes feel like other people don't love me, but God, you say that you don't just have love, you are love, and you so loved me that you sent your only begotten Son, and He came willingly, and He died for me and rose again from the dead with victory over death and the grave. He made it possible to, for me to be reconciled with God, my Father. Oh, Father, help me to respond to your love. Help me to trust your love. I get afraid sometimes. I get anxious sometimes. Sometimes I don't like what you're doing. Uh, sometimes I get self-centered and preoccupied with what I want. And I don't think about what you want. But God, you keep pursuing me with your love. Even when I don't act well. Help me to humble myself before you and to come back into harmony with you, to let you tighten up some things in my life, let you loosen up what needs to be loosened up, and then help me to learn to love you with my whole heart, my whole soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, my spirit, responding to your great love and letting your Holy Spirit fill me and then work through me and to make me more and more like the Lord Jesus. And then helping me to love the people around me that you put in my path with the love of the Lord Jesus, uh, with the light that shines out of me, his light shining out of me, his salt coming out of me, giving flavor and uh, working against the decay of this world. God, help me to magnify you to begin to speak of your great majesty. Millions of angels worshiping you. Sitting on the throne of the whole universe. You created everything. You were before time was. You are and you always will be. Of your great power, which spoke the worlds into existence and holds them together by the word of your power. Of your great wisdom that... Uh, goes down to the most infinitesimal microorganism all the way to huge, huge galaxies. And you work in all of those. And Father, forgive me that I get my eyes focused on some little problem, some trial, and begin to think that you can't do anything about that. You're the one that uh, has done so much that we have talked about here. Help us, Lord, now to bring... Uh, the things to you that seem unchangeable, that have been going on for years, people who don't change, people who get meaner, uh, children who go further, uh, sicknesses that seem to get worse. Father, pray that we can come and acknowledge that we deserve nothing good from you. But you've created us and you desire to be in a relationship with us. So we come and ask that you would open our eyes to see more and more the beauty of your holiness. And to adore you and worship you. Help us to come before you with joyful hearts. Thanking you that we have food to eat, clothes to wear, and more above that, which is more than we deserve. So we thank you that you are, Lord Jesus, you're the good shepherd. And when we follow after you, we will not lack any good thing. You've promised God to supply all of our needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Help us to get a bigger and bigger picture of the Lord Jesus, a bigger and bigger understanding of who you are. And then, Lord, to bring you the things that trouble us, 
to leave them with you there. And you've said that as we bring you our trials, bring you our supplications, bring you our anxieties, and give them to you, that you will receive them. And we don't need to grab them back again. And then we can thank you by faith before we see any evidence of what you're going to do. We can thank you because we trust you. You have all power, all wisdom. You love us. And you're always close to us. And then, Lord, that you said you would send that special peace into our hearts and minds through the Lord Jesus. Help us to be peaceful people that walk in the peace of God. That inner tranquility as we walk with you. Pray that we can be a holy people, Lord, uh, not just a compromising people, not a conflicted people fighting against you at every turn, but pray that we would be a humble people, that we would be uh, committed to you, surrendered to you, abandoned to you, the living God of the universe. That's what we were created for. Help that to happen. And then, Lord, pray that we can continually share as we did in Sunday school, we're hearing testimonies of how you work in lives. Pray that we can experience more and more of who you are uh, and that you can express yourself through us, that we would be the kind of people you can use as individuals, as families, and that covenant community, as we go into this new year, that we would be a church filled with your Holy Spirit, a church ministering out into the darkness around us, a church that takes on the battles and the uh, difficulties of life with great joy because we know that greater is the Holy Spirit is in us than that spirit who's in the world. And help us to rejoice before you in the middle of our situations. Help us to rejoice before you and to speak a word of faith when we're in the middle of our trials. We don't know what you're going to do, but you're going to do it again. You're the same now as you were then. We don't know how, we don't know when, but we know you're going to do it again and come through with your great faithfulness. We pray to you now and pray that you'll bless this word as we study uh, the life of a man who made the wrong choice, uh, a lifestyle of wrong choices, and pray that you would use this word to speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, um, Joshua, chapter 7. Eric got us around the walls of Jericho last week. Uh, one time every, for six days and seven times on the last day, then uh, as they were marching around, the uh, priests were playing the horns. And I think of that in one, one sense of praise as you go into battle. As you go into battle uh, that God has sent you in and doing it the way he told you, you can have a heart filled with praise uh, to, towards him. And uh, you can rejoice uh, because even though you don't know what's going to happen, you know that God is there and he is at work and you can trust him. You know, the, the walls of Jericho fell down. I don't know what they shouted when they shouted, but uh, we've sung a lot of songs about the name of the Lord. What is the name of the Lord? Okay, that's one of the names of the Lord. Jehovah. Jehovah. El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. The great I am, the eternal, eternal present God, eternally in the present. Adonai, what's that mean? The Lord is near. Isn't that a wonderful thing? He's not way off a million miles away, a little speck in the galaxies. He is near. All, all I'm saying is learn to know the names of the Lord. Study the names of the Lord. They are facets on, so to speak, a diamond uh, revealing you to him. I'm this way. I'm this way. I'm this way. This is what I do. I am Jehovah Rapha, God, our healer. I am, you know, and, and he reveals himself in, in so many different ways. So as we're singing, blessed be the name of the Lord, sometimes it's good just to stop and think, what is the name of the Lord? And in my situation, what is it that I need? Uh, are you sick? Then you may need healing. You call on the name of the Lord. Uh, you may be in a situation where you're boxed in and being persecuted. You can call on him. Uh, you can call on him and, and his name's there. 
Uh, last week as the walls of Jericho came down, I'm sure if you were there, you would have cheered. The walls of Jericho, this was a huge fortified city that was an obstacle to them being able to conquer the promised land. If Jericho's there, armies could come out and attack them. They didn't dare leave their wives and children while they went off to battle. Uh, Jericho, something had to be done about Jericho. And we saw that Joshua, he came against this big obstacle and he was walking along thinking and praying. And then the Lord Jesus himself comes to him and says, he says, you for me or against me? He says, I've come to take over, boy. And suddenly Joshua realized who he's talking to and fell down and worshiped him. And he said, this is the plan. Gave him the plan. And that plan didn't make sense. Sometimes in your life, God's plan doesn't make sense. God says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts aren't your thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, my thoughts above your thoughts. Are you willing to trust him in your situation? Are you willing to do things the way he said? To wait when he said wait? To go when he says go? To trust God's math? To give when he says to give? And trust that he can give back? To trust when he takes you through the dark path? Are you willing to trust him and to walk with him? You know, if I had three chairs here, you could have one chair for people who really love the Lord Jesus. They think of him, you know, sort of in a warm friendship, sitting on the back porch, drinking coffee together, talking about things and, and, and knowing how wise he is. And you can share with him and you love him and trust him. That's committed people. You can have people sitting here who are compromised people. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, God, yeah, Bible, yeah, yeah, church, mm-hmm. But... Their lives are focused on themselves. And when they make a choice, it's always for me first. Some of that Jesus don't want him to get me with lightning or nothing. But it is not a, a relationship of love, respect, honor, obedience, and, and a warm relationship. It is a uh, self-focused relationship. So you have committed, you have compromising. And then over here, you have... Uh, a group of people that are conflicted. They're in conflict with God. I know the Bible says, and what's their next word? But, but, I know I shouldn't do that. But, I know God doesn't want me to be that way. But, I don't like the way he does things. I don't, if I did that, one man told me, I was talking to him about the, some of the characteristics of a godly man. He said, if I did that, I'd be a sissy. I said, was Jesus a sissy? And that took him off guard and he thought for a little bit and his real answer was yes. <laughs> uh, he didn't say it, but that's what he thought because of course he's not going to tell the preacher that Jesus is a sissy. Uh, but uh, you can have a committed, compromised, or conflicted person. All of us are in one of those chairs. And all of us are going in one direction. Are you going from compromising to loving Jesus more and more and more and you're willing to let go of anything just to be with him. David said, I'd rather have one day in your house and 10,000 elsewhere. I'd give up years of my life for one experience and time with you, oh God. Do you know God that way? Do you want to know God that way? You can. God desires to be close to you and me. He made the way through the Lord Jesus through faith in him. A committed relationship where God doesn't have to wonder what you're going to do. He'll always stand for me. When Satan said, Job will cuss you to your face. God said, not Job. All the rest of them, yeah. Not Job. He's my buddy. He's my man. When he mentions in Ezekiel 14, he says there's three people that had special times of prayer with me. Noah, Job, Daniel. So those three guys, when they prayed, something's going to happen. Because me and them, we, we stayed close together. Committed. Over here is what? Compromise. And over here is conflict. We want to read about a man today who was in conflict. You know, uh, God had done some wonderful, high, victorious, moving uh, things for them. Uh, they uh, ha had uh, come from the wilderness. They had conquered Og, the king of Bashan, a huge giant, and all of his nations, all, I mean, his whole nation and his villages taken them over. They had defeated Sihon, uh, uh, the, 
and, and, and defeated his whole nation. That's on the uh, east side of the Jordan. And now they crossed the Jordan. Listen, listen to me. They, they, this is important. You know, sometimes we, we say, yeah, 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 cross the Jordan full flood. So what problem have you got that's bigger than that? To get a million and a half, two million people across a flooded river uh, now. Okay, so your problems are small. This is God that did it. Greater is he. Greater is he. Greater is he. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. That is the God that we say that we serve. Are you over here committed? Are you compromised, sort of cool? Are you over here cold and sulky? Yeah, God. What did you do that to me for? How come you did that? I thought you were going to bless me. I thought you were going to do this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that... They had this wonderful victory. And if you want to write a reference down, you can just read Deuteronomy 2.32 later. Don't go there. Uh, but these big giants have been defeated. These nations have been defeated. They crossed the Jordan in full flood. They set up the memorial rocks. They have major obstacles that God has brought them through. They went to Gilgal. And there, listen, they renewed the covenant. For 40 years, the, the guys had not... Uh, the, the boy babies, when they were born at eight days old, they were supposed to be circumcised as a sign of the people of God. Philippians 3.3 3 says, We are the circumcision, or we are the true people of God, who worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Philippians 3.3, 3, wonderful verse. We are the circumcision. We are the true people of God, who worship God in the Spirit. When you come in here, when you're driving down the road, you can be walking with God constantly. Don't get him to walk with you. You walk with him. That's a smarter direction to go, okay? He'll lead you to the place to go. You worship him in spirit and worship him in truth. Who worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. When was the last time you started telling, uh, well, let me just say this. Let me meddle. When was the last time you told your spouse how much you appreciate how much you appreciate that they thought about a meal, bought the stuff for the meal, prepared the meal, and it was hot and pretty and on time. When was the last time you thanked her for washing all the dirty drawers, washing all that stuff, and for cleaning the house? When was the last time you thanked him, hey, you get up and you go and you handle tough stuff? When was the last time that you were grateful? Young people, when was the last time you told your mom and daddy, thank you? i got a place to live. Thank you that you showed love to me. Thank you that you showed me the right path. When was the last time you showed gratefulness? But here it says, we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. When was the last time you came to God and said, oh, thank you for sending Jesus. He is so amazing. When I read about all he's done, when I read that he created there in Colossians, he created the heavens and the earth, holds it together by the word of his power. Oh, thank you for Jesus. The King of kings is he, the Lord of lords supreme throughout eternity, the great I am the way, the truth, the life, the door. I want to talk about Jesus more and more. Is he that to you? See, you can look at Dylan and Katie over there. They're in love. No, they're not in trouble. Uh, they're, they're, they're in love, and that's what they want to talk about all the time. All you have to do is talk to them just a little bit, and they want to talk about that other person. You know, why? That's good. That's wonderful. And when we're in love with the Lord Jesus, we should be talking about him. So we rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. This is the big danger. When is the most, one of the most dangerous times in your spiritual journey? After a victory. So they just had a victory. What was it? Jericho. And let me remind you of something. Jericho, the walls fell down, but there was one part of the wall didn't fall down. Where was that? The Rahab place, where Rahab's house was. It couldn't fall down. Why? God said he's going to save her and everybody in the house with her. So imagine all the walls going... Falling in there, all the soldiers are standing up on the walls, standing in behind the wall, ready for them to any move that they make. The walls come down, most of them, or a bunch of them wiped out immediately, but there's one part of the wall doesn't stay, uh, that stays up. That's where Rahab was. God welcomed a prostitute who said, I'll give myself to God, I'll give up my people, I'll give up everything, I want to know that God. And she entered into the people of God. 
Doesn't matter the judgment that's happening all around you. You can respond to God. You can't control anybody else. You can control you. Amen? And respond to him. So right after this great victory, Joshua said, praise God. The walls fell down. They uh, went back into time and just praising the, the Lord for what he had done. But back in um, chapter 5, verse 13. You don't have to turn there on the... Uh, Joshua was there and he saw the, the Lord and he responded in prayer. But then turn over to chapter 6, verse 18. Or verse 17. 6, 17. The city shall be under the band, Jericho. It and all that is in it belongs to the Lord. Now this is what Joshua told the nation. Everything in the city of Jericho belongs to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot and all who are with her in the house shall live. Because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But as for you, only keep yourselves from the things under the ban. Keep yourselves from taking anything, God says, because all of it is mine. He says, it's all mine. Anything that won't burn uh, and can't be destroyed, the gold, the silver, those things are to be brought into the treasury, the house of the Lord. God always gets the first things, the first fruits. So don't covet them. And don't take some of the things under the ban and make the camp of Israel accursed and bring trouble on it. Got it? So if you're a soldier and you go in there and you see a, a big piece of gold, what should you do? You take it to give to the Lord. Because the Lord's the one who's provided for you. The one who's brought you, brought you through the wilderness. The Lord just made the walls fall down. You love God. And if that's what he says he wants, guess what? That's what you give him. If you see silver, you don't uh, take the silver. What do you do? Take it to give to the Lord because that's what God has instructed you to do. If you don't do that, you're bringing a, a cursed thing and trouble on the whole nation. Don't covet it. So now we come to chapter 7. God, he's warned them the walls have fallen down. And then the chapter starts with what word? But, and it's an ominous but. Everything's going good. Spiritual victory, crossing the Jordan, Jericho's defeated, wonderful things happening. But the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully in regard to the things under the ban. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, um, he's the grandson of Zabdi. God considers generations. God knows uh, the names of people. The son of Zerah from the tribe of Judah took some of the things under the ban. Therefore, the anger of the Lord burned against the sons of Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which was near Beth Haven, east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, It's a piece of cake. It's just a small thing. Let's just send 3,000 men. That's not in the King James. Uh, but he said, let's just send 3,000 men up there. We can do this. So about three, verse 4, about 3,000 men. And they, they were dumbfounded. We're supposed to be victory in Jesus for the rest of our lives. They're supposed to have victory. And they turned and ran from the men of Ai. And the men of Ai chased after them and killed 36 men. And so Joshua is, is back at the camp there, and most of the soldiers are there, and in comes a guy running, Oh, Joshua, Joshua, you wouldn't believe what happened. Oh, no, there's people being killed out there. Our whole army is run. They've chased us down here. Oh, man, what are we going to do? Joshua says, Us? God's people? This land's ours. How can that happen? So sure enough, people come in, they say, So-and-so, and so-and-so, and so-and-so, 36 men are dead. And Joshua comes and falls down to the elders. He tears his robes, falls down. Oh, God, what's going on here? How did this happen? Why did this happen? How could this happen to us? We're supposed to live in victory. This is our land. These other kings are going to hear about this. They've got the huge armies. They're going to hear about it. They're going to come down here and wipe us out. Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Uh, and uh, verse uh, 10, God says, Joshua, rise up. Why is it that you've fallen on your face? Israel has sinned, and they've also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. And they've even taken 
some of the things under the ban and have both stolen and deceived. Moreover, they have put also put them among their own things. Therefore, the sons of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs uh, before their enemies. They have become accursed. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy the things under the ban from your midst. Wow, that's a sober thing. Somebody in camp, he says, what you praying now for? See, this is something that we can have. After a great victory, we can have self-confidence. Yep, we whooped Jericho. Who whooped Jericho? The Lord did. Who made the walls fall down? God did. And we can become self-confident. We can have a great victory. Something wonderful can happen. And we begin to think that we did it. If somebody's healed, it's the name of Jesus healed somebody. Some evil spirit is cast out. It's the name of Jesus cast out some uh, evil spirit. If while you're singing, incredible things happen, praise God that his spirit is working through the music, ministering through people. If some life is touched through our preaching of the word here, oh, we praise God because it's his spirit at work. And we give him honor, give him glory, give him praise. And we pray that we can be that kind of an instrument for him. But right after a great success, it's easy to get busy. Well, okay, uh, we got all that stuff needing to go into the, the, uh, uh, our, uh, into the tabernacle over there. We got all this to be organized. We got to plan our campaign, go in here, got to get AI, 3,000 men. Okay, y'all going over there, take care of that. He was self-confident. He was prayerless. When did Joshua start praying in this chapter? Yeah, that's when we start praying, isn't it? When do the sheep want to be in the shepherd's arms? When they hear the lion roar and the wolves howling. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, where are you? Oh, you know, uh, but the rest of the time, you just back out of your driveway, go to work. I'm going to work. I'm going to do this. This and this is going to happen in my life. We're self-confident. We think we got it, right? I've got it. I've got it. Do you got it? He was prayerless. How are you with prayer? Ten being very prayerful person. One being not good. Where are you in the prayer spectrum? Uh, Andrew Murray, my dad got to see his house where he was, and I, I really love him. We'll be putting him on our website for you to be able to look at some of his sermons. He's dead now, but they have them. They read them on there. And I, I love to go to sleep listening to some of his sermons. But there was a place by his bed in the wood floor where there was two grooves where he hit the floor. Day after day, hour after hour, for years and years, praying before God. Grooves worn in wood flooring. you got to do that for a while. That's, you know, I'm really impressed when I see some of the girls around here with those no, no jeans in their knees there. Because I know that's what they're doing. Sliding in beside that bed, praying every time, right? I'll stop them sometimes. I say, man, I'm really impressed with those jeans. Yeah? Yeah, I said, man, I can tell that you pray a lot. You must be sliding into that bed every time to make those knees go out like that. Of course, they laugh like, like you are, but it's a good thought, isn't it? Uh, do you have the prayer life that is loving? To talk with God about things. God, oh, let me tell you what happened today. God, let me tell you about what's bothering me a little bit. Oh, thank you, Lord, for what you did. I don't know what's going to happen now, but I know I can trust you. And do you have that committed relationship where it's a warm, loving relationship with God? Or what's this other one? Compromised. What's this other one? Conflict. Well, uh, Joshua is praying hard now. God says, rise up, consecrate the people, set them apart, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord God of Israel has said, there are things under the ban in your midst, O Israel. There is a deadly infection in your congregation and you cannot stand before your enemies until you've removed the things under the ban from your midst. Now, um, don't raise your hand. No. But, I mean, is it... Worse to cuss in church or out of church? <laughs> On the way to church. Um, is it worse to smoke in the church than out of the church? Is it worse to steal something here in the church than it is to steal something out there? You know, everybody's going to say, well, 
even superstitious people, ah, I don't want to mess with God. I'm not going to church to steal their candles, no. You know, uh, I might steal some towels from the motel. I might uh, get some other stuff, but I'm not doing that. Man, God will get you for that. <laughs> Where is the church? We are the church. People are the church. And what God has called for to be his own, the lesson of this chapter is don't take to be yours. Uh, so they consecrated the people. They called them before uh, uh, Joshua, tribe by tribe, family by family. And finally, it came down to Achan, verse 18, the son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah was taken. Then Joshua said to Achan, my son, I implore you, give glory to the God uh, of Israel and give praise to him. Tell me what you've done. Don't hide it from me. So Achan answered, listen, Truly I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. And this is what I did. When I saw amongst the spoil, everybody say saw. Say it louder. Saw. I saw amongst the spoil a beautiful mantle from Shinar and 200 shekels. Shinar is way over there near Babylon. Uh, it's a long way away. It's an imported beautiful coat. And he said, and I saw... Uh, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold 50 shekels in weight. How many would like to have a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels? Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? He said, I saw them, so I saw then I coveted and then I took. Sounds like Eve, what's her name, doesn't it? I saw it's desirable to make me wise and smart as God, so I took and I ate, gave to him with me and ooh, the mess that that caused. I saw, I coveted. Coveting, now it's all right to like something. Look at something, boy, that's a nice car. Boy, that's a pretty horse. Oh, that looks nice. Coveting is when you say, if I could get by with it, I'd take it away from you and get it for me. I want that. And I really, if I was under control, I'd take it away from you and get it. Uh, and it's, it's not trusting God that you work for what you get. It is stealing with your heart. And he said, I coveted and then I took it. And so Joshua sent messengers and he said, they're concealed in the earth inside my tent with the silver and gold underneath it. So Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent. Behold, it was concealed in his tent, the silver underneath it. They took them from inside the tent, brought them to Joshua, all the sons of Israel, and they poured them out. The 200 coins, the gold, and the, the mantle there before the, the Lord. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the mantle, the gold, the bar of gold, uh, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, all that belonged to him, and they brought them to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, why have you troubled us? Now, Achan's name means trouble, and... I don't know why they gave him that name. Maybe he was troubled from the time he started out. But uh, the Lord will trouble you this day. And all Israel stoned them with stones and they burned them with fire. And after they had stoned, after they'd stoned them with stones, and then they raised over them a huge heap of stones that stands to this day as a testimony when people say, what's that pile of rocks? I say, well, that's Achan. He had clear instructions from God, stole from God. And it's not that God is impoverished by one bar of gold, 200 pieces of silver, uh, and, and a mantle. Now, listen, this is a difficult word here. We all are into God is love. I want God's love, and I want, you know, we're, we're into sentimentality sometimes. Sometimes we try to make God in our own image. What you need to do is read the word, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and come to know God as he really is. Here, he had said, everything in the city is devoted to me, set apart to me. Now, when, when Achan saw the gold, was that wrong to see it? When Achan picked up the gold, was that wrong to figure it out? Not if he was going to take it to the tabernacle, but if he was going to keep it for himself. And he took it. Now, why did he take it? Because... He had his plan B. 
I know God provided manna. I know God's made the way through the wilderness. I know God sent the fiery pillar. I know he sent the cloud day by day. I know he took us across the river Jordan. I know that he's provided everything that we've ever needed, but I want this, and I don't care what he said. In fact, I don't like what he said. Why should all of that go there? And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take it. Now, Deuteronomy uh, near the end says that you cannot kill a father for his son's sins, and you can't kill a son for his father's sins. So the fact that his family is executed with him means that they knew and were complicit with him in this. He could easily be 40, 45 years old, a soldier going in, have kids in their 20s. And they knew, and they were guilty with him, and so they are brought out, and, and a radical lesson is taught to the people of God. God said, when any of you takes this, you will bring sin on the whole nation. That was God's warning to them. Achan didn't believe it. He didn't believe it could happen to him. There are some that have sat here at different times. They think, it can't happen to me. I'll never go to jail. It can't happen to me. I won't OD. It can't happen to me. I won't get caught with that lie. It can't happen to me. God hates pride, but what's he going to do? You know, we think, we, we think when God says, that's mine, don't mess with that. And we mess with it anyway, that it is indifferent to God. The reason God gives us his laws is to protect us because he's a good God and they are to protect us. We don't have to understand all his laws. We do have to trust him. So, God had given them instructions there. Joshua was moving in self-confidence and neglect of prayer. And uh, Israel has disobeyed. Achan has disobeyed and sinned. And that can happen in the body of Christ. In the New Testament, there's a story of Ananias and Sapphira. They came and uh, lied in church about a real estate deal that they had. You still with me? Boy, this heat's uh, too hot now, isn't it? Uh, got all of you all dozing, taking your nap early. Uh, Ananias and Sapphira came into church, and they said, yes, yes, we gave all, this is the whole amount of what the price, uh, the land that we sold. Peter said, no. Well, Ananias came first, then Sapphira. Ananias said, Peter said, is that the whole price? Yes, it is. He said, you're trying to give the wrong impression on purpose. While you had it, it was yours. God didn't say you had to give anything of it. But now you've come here and lied here, lied about what you've done, uh, you will die on the spot. Boom, he dropped dead. Uh, a couple hours later, his wife comes in. Oh, hi, y'all, hi, y'all. You fine, 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 fine. And he said, what, uh, did you all have real estate? Oh, yes, brother. Didn't Ananias tell you about that? Yes, he did. He said, and that's the whole price? Yes, yes, it's the whole price, the whole thing. And, and, and it, it, praise God, isn't it wonderful what we've done for the, the, the brothers and sisters here? He said, your husband lied, and you have just joined with him in his lie. You will die too. And God struck them dead. They were buried. Uh, very possibly Christians. You know, 1 Corinthians 11 says, For this reason, many in your church are weak, sick, even dead. Progressively, God says, pay attention. Don't do that. You know, my daddy used to say, Son, that's all he needs to say. I know the progression. Hey, do I have to come over there? No, sir. There's not going to be five and ten times in our house. Son, once that happened, you could repent, but you would repent with enforcement. God is not up there just looking with his celestial fly swatter, looking for somebody to smack. Oh, good. Let me see if I can get Justin. Let me see if I can get Bridget today. Oh, there's Ed. He had been smacking around. Let me see if I can get him. No, that's not God's attitude. He is our Father that loves us and wants us to grow more and more like Jesus Christ and grow stronger and stronger in Him. And if He tells you don't touch something that's mine, don't touch it. Don't touch it. It will bring great trouble into your life. Listen to a sad thing here. Achan died, but who else died with him? 
his wife, his sons, daughters, even the animals there. God says, this is very serious. Listen to me. Listen to me now. We've got the chair over here, which is what? Committed. We've got the chair here, which is compromised. And we've got the chair here, which is conflict. Which one are you? Are you passionately in love with God, seeking to be more and more like Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit in response of love to Him, walking in a greater and greater walk with Him? Or are you here living for self, a carnal life, a self-centered life, and always going to, if there's a choice, go your way. If there's pride, you're going to walk in pride. If there's uh, sin, you're, you're, and you want to do it, you'll do it. Say, I can get forgiveness later. Uh, or you can be over here in conflict, fighting God. He's talking to you, and you're resisting Him. You're saying, I don't like this. This is painful. I don't want to stay in this marriage. I don't want to stay on that job. I don't want to keep going to that church. I know what you want, but I don't like that, and I don't think it's fair, and I don't think you ought to do that. My business is going broke. That's not right. You can't do that. You promised that you'd bless me, and it looks like everything's going kaflui. Well, sometimes kaflui is good. The children of Israel were persecuted in Egypt to make them strong for the journey that they would have with God. Are you with me? Joshua, after a great victory, a mighty man of faith, a man who loved the presence of God, used to stay in the tent of meeting day after day. When Moses would go out, he would stay in there worshiping God and being with God, being groomed by God to be the next leader. But even he became self-confident. Even he became preoccupied, distracted, and prayerless. And then in came disobedience and sin. Uh, your sin affects me. My sin affects you. In fact, those of us that are elders here and have responsibility, it's like you have an umbrella. And you are an umbrella of protection, an umbrella of blessing to the people. But if you allow sin to come in, it's like holes in the umbrella and it's going to rain on your brothers and sisters. It's going to hurt your brothers and sisters. I have to take that responsibility as a great responsibility uh, that I am a servant leader to this fellowship. But how I live and what I think and what I do is important. I, you are uh, in your victory or sometimes in your defeat. Now you still can't blame me. You've got to stand on your own two feet before God. Well, let me just uh, wrap this up here. So you can be Christ-centered, self-centered, or you can be a rebel. The last thought here. Abraham was a man of great faith. Who was his son? Isaac and Jacob. Or the Isaac, I'm sorry. Then Isaac had Jacob and Esau, or Esau and Jacob. There's a progression that you'll notice in the scripture of godly man, godly woman, compromising faint memory. You have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to be a person of faith so that the next generations get to come in a strong family of faith. Amen? If your children don't know the Word of God, it's not the Sunday school's fault. It's not the church children's church fault. It's yours. you got to choose. To teach them, you know, uh, Brother Lee there talks to his grandchildren day by day, having devotions with them because they respond to that and they love it. So we've got telephones, we've got all kinds of stuff. So he takes time day by day to have devotions with them. I've called him before. He'll say, we're in the devotion right now. I'll call you back after a while. Calls me back. Listen, that is showing a priority for the importance of the principles of the Word of God in the youngest of children. You know, Charlene's got one of the most important jobs in this church. Leading the ministry to our children. Because by age five or six, children are deciding whether they want to go to church or not. Then they start figuring out a way to get out of it as quick as they can. We want them to encounter the power of God. And to learn to pray with one another. Learn to pray and see the victory of the Lord in people's lives. Achan said, how did I find my... So you can see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. David had a son named Solomon. David had a full heart for God. Solomon had a half a heart for God. And his son Rehoboam had no heart for God. It's a progression that can happen if you uh, don't take it seriously. How did Achan end up getting himself and his whole family killed? Because he'd moved to this seat. I don't like God's rule. I'm not going to obey God's rule. I'm going to do what I want to do. What's going to happen? Nobody's going to know. You may think you don't know. God doesn't know. But be sure the Bible says your sin will find you out. Be sure your sins will find you out. And the way of the transgressor is hard. This is the only defeat that Israel has here 
in this time. As, as we go through the book of Joshua, you're going to notice something. You'll have the book of Judges. It says that Joshua, while he was alive, the people followed the Lord. While the elders were alive, they still followed the Lord's son. They moved from Joshua following the Lord. They were committed. Then they moved over here, compromised. They compromised with the people of the land, compromised with their gods, compromised with marrying their daughters and sons. And then pretty soon over here, they're hostile to God. They're worshiping Ashtoreth. They're worshiping Baal. They're worshiping Moloch. And they're in defiance against the God of Israel. You are going one direction or the other. You're going towards becoming Christ-like or you're going away from being Christ-like. If you get over here, listen, and then I'll stop. Irresponsible living leads to irrational behavior. When you do what you know is wrong, after a while you'll do what you know is crazy. Did you hear me? I watch it all the time. Talk about it all the time in this community. When you do what you know is wrong, after a while you'll do what you know is crazy. You can't stop it. Sin is not just a cold fact. It's not like a, the number one in a, in a calculation. Sin is a malignant evil that's at work in this world. The darkness of this world is a malignant evil at work in the darkness of this world. And when you listen to that seducing lie, when you do that sin, you bring something to work. You push a button on a computer and start, things start happening in your life. And the only way you can stop that is unplugging. And sometimes that's what God does. Achan got unplugged. The cancer had to be cut out. That had to stop right then. Ananias and Sapphira had to be dealt with. People were being raised from the dead. Blind were seeing. Deaf were being healed. The lame people were walking. God says, I can't have the church already polluted with this. Ananias and Sapphira died right there. Now, I'm not threatening you. I'm just saying God wants us to pursue him with a heart of love like we've been singing today. A heart of love. And he wants us to be people, you know, I said in Sunday school, it's like getting married and then asking your wife if you can have a date with some other girl. How's that going to go over? A date? With somebody else? Are you crazy? We're married. When you have truly given your life to Christ, when you truly are God's child through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are His. He speaks of Himself as a bridegroom. And us as a bride. And he says, James says, you adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with this world system is enmity with me? Father, I come to you and I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for the people that are here. Lord, some with warm, warm, hot hearts for you that love you with all of their heart, soul, and mind, who walk after you. They seek to serve the brothers and sisters around them, seek to serve the people of this community and out across the world. I thank you for them, Lord. I pray for those here today who are compromised, who are living for themselves, they are making excuses for why they do what they do. Making excuses for why they say what they say. Making excuses for why things are turning out the way they are. But the truth is they know that they don't really love you. They love themselves more and they're trying to use you. Uh, they uh, are not committed. They are compromised. They are saying things they shouldn't say. Doing things they shouldn't do. Thinking things that they shouldn't think. Walking in ways that they shouldn't walk in. And becoming more and more enmeshed. By the great spider, Satan is wrapping around them, slowly immobilizing them. Lord, there may be even those here today who are antagonistic to you, who are fighting against you, who uh, either politely or arrogantly are resisting you and refusing to do what you say. Lord, you love them. You pursue them with reckless abandon. You pursue them with passionate love. But there is a day, there is a day when... They will stand in your presence like Achan stood before Joshua. There is a day when they will stand and they will have no words to say because they did know the truth. They did know the way. They did know what they should do. And they will hear those solemn words, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never had a relationship with you. Go away. Father, uh, I pray that each of us would, by your Holy Spirit, sense where we are and that each of us would make that heart turn towards you, to pursue after you, to love you with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and love our neighbor as ourselves. Pray that we would not lead our families into destruction. Lord, I pray for the fathers here, 
who may be careless and indifferent, who are living selfish, self-centered lives, who may be walking in pride, may be walking in greed, may be walking in selfishness, may be setting a bad model as a godly man, a bad model as a godly husband, a bad model as a godly father, who, who may not be walking in the right way. I pray that you would bring conviction on them. And then, Lord, that they would repent and come to you. I pray for their children. Uh, who uh, see these examples and who are infected with this spirit, that they would recognize that and that they would come to you in spite of the example and that they would come to you and humble themselves and cry out to you to make them godly. Uh, I pray for the moms here, the that, that they would be godly women, godly wives, and godly moms to their kids. Thank you for their self-sacrifice. Thank you for their work. But Lord, I know it's easy for them to become discouraged, preoccupied, distracted, and to not be walking in the fullness of your Holy Spirit. I pray for your mercy and grace on them. Lord, I pray for our young people here, so many of them who spend so much time with all the distractions of this world of, of television and uh, our telephones and Facebook and so many things that can distract all of us, adults and young people alike. I pray that these students would have an alertness to you. And as you call to Samuel and they hear you saying, Samuel, Steve, Dylan, Julia, Richie, whatever name that you call, Lord, that we would be responding and saying, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. Help today. I thank you so much for your Holy Spirit working today in the music, in this word. Lord, we want to be a church full of committed people. Hearts on fire for you. Loving you with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Loving our neighbors as ourselves, And living to be good servants and faithful servants to you. So I commend us into your hands as we leave today. Pray that we would walk with you. Walk filled with your spirit and walk to glorify you uh, day by day. I pray for those who are fasting and praying in these days. I pray that you would give them spiritual breakthrough, that you would give them increased understanding of your word, increased sensitivity to sin in their lives, increased sensitivity to your will in their lives. And I pray that we can have good testimonies, as we've already had some coming out of this time of fasting and prayer. This evening, Lord, as we meet at 5 o'clock to pray, we can do nothing. We are limp and helpless without you. But with you, we can do all things. And we want to come and bow together and pray together and look forward to seeing what can be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray today. Amen. We want to thank you one more time for taking the time to listen to these messages that God's provided our fellowship. We believe he's doing something special among us and would love for you to be a part of it. We hope that you'll take the time to come and visit us in person someday soon. And we invite you to visit our website, covenantcommunitylj.com. There you'll find information on how to contact us if you have a prayer request or if there's a specific way we can minister to you and your family. Until then, God bless you.